Thunder Media. Today on Inside Supercars, we speak to the man who brought in the beer limit at the mountain for the 1,000. That, that's correct. <laughs> There's a funny story with that, right? Oh yes, and he's also the CEO of Supercars. This year for me is an interim year, coming out of COVID, getting the growth back into the sport, driving confidence, you know, lifting our customer experiences um, to set us up. You know, for, for the future, and that's 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 my my role at the moment. Shane Howard chats to us here on Inside Supercars, and it starts now. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock and Craig Lavelle, and we're joined by a man who has been involved in supercars in a, a long time, but in fact is now in a very different role because Shane Howard is now the CEO of the company that runs V8 Supercars or Supercar Racing in Australia. Shane, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you, Tony. Appreciate it. Good you? I mean, I've known you, of course, and your guys for many years when you ran the event company. Obviously, a vast experience in your business world. I always like telling people about your start in motor racing involved Tasmania and uh, some certain little sports cars and racing cars. Uh, people are sort of always amazed to hear that you uh, had that uh, interest and involvement. Yeah, I've um, always been around it. I uh, born into uh, a racing family, um, so to speak. My dad you know, had a strong passion for motorsport. Um, and uh, and race some 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 great cars. Um, you know, he uh, I think his first race car was the um, Molina Monza, um, which was a very special race car uh, back in those days. Uh, it was um, he raced it at Longford uh, back in the day when it was uh, part of the Trans Tasman series and. All the great Formula One drivers there, Hill, Stewart, Courage, uh, Clark. And I was lucky enough to be a young kid and uh, and go to that meet, go to those early meetings and, you know, and, and just, you know, how impressive to watch, you know, those great cars running, those great drivers. And um, as you know, once it's in your blood, it's hard to get rid of. And, uh, yeah, just... Um, my dad sort of progressed onto. He bought a Lola Climax, uh, ran that. Also had an Elfin 400 there for a while, and um, you know I dabbled in a you know, a little bit of uh, an old Formula Three car there for a while. Um, but absolutely love motorsport, love being part of it, and um, moved out of Tasmania. Um, got a role with an engineering company. 
that was responsible for delivering the all the engineering and the uh, and the uh, construction works on the on the uh, Indy Grand Prix back then. It was called um, IndyCar Grand Prix on the Gold Coast, and that was probably thirty-two years ago. Um, so yeah, we've been in and around it for a lot. Tony Cochran brought me on board to um, commit, start the promoting arm, as you mentioned, of supercars in in regard to supercars promoting um, their own events. And it, and it started with, uh, with Sydney Motorsport Park, uh, Eastern Creek back then, and uh, we took on that pro- promoter role in 2002. So... Um, yeah, I've been with Supercars for a very long time. I think uh, I feel like an Italian tiler. I've, I've had a very long apprenticeship and um, to be given the opportunity to be CEO um, is uh, something that I've always aspired to and uh, it's great to be in the seat surrounded by good people. Your father's first name, please. My father's first name was Bert. Bert Howard. I'm sure there'll be people there who'll go Googling him and find out uh, his history along with some of yours, obviously, <laughs> in the sport for such a long time. And, you know, at the real end of making it all successful, because one of the things that you did tremendously was the enormous success of the events company, the number of calendar events that supercars ran and that were the self-promoter was an enormously uh, successful. But can we, you just tell me some idea about your different role now because now it, you're in the big chair, so to speak, and it's a, it's a different re- relationship you have with the series. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, I, I was lucky enough uh, that uh, you know I had worked with Tony um, on IndyCar in IndyCar Australia and formed a relationship with him, and then uh, he provided me the opportunity to go to supercars. And uh, and working, create, helping him, you know, and the the board create, you know, the supercar events arm. Um, started with one event at uh, Eastern Creek. You know, at we've been up to ten events. I think it's still currently sitting around eight events. Um, and through that time, we were in a massive growth period. So, getting control of Bathurst was very important. Um, you know, for the series. Um, and uh, we we work into an agreement with the Bathurst Regional Councils and the council and become partners there to promote uh, the event that event, um, which is obviously you know our Indianapolis. It's got the history and heritage. It's so important. So you know back in those days, running going into run Bathurst was a a very different story. It was <laughs> it was a little bit unruly uh, there and. Um, yeah, it was exciting times, and uh, take it to what it is today, where it is, you know, one of the it is one of the greatest motor sport events in the world. Um, you know, recognised by all the great drivers and all the great teams. Um, there's so many, so many elite drivers, you know, would like to participate at that event, and we get amazing crowds, uh, camping, and the atmosphere. Uh, it, it's incredible. So we're really looking forward to get getting back to Bathurst this year outside of COVID and getting it back into full swing. So, Shane, does that mean you're the man that brought in the two cases per man per day rule? That, that's correct. 
<laughs> There's a funny story with that, right? So there was myself, Tony, and um, uh, we, we were, you know, we had to make a decision, some decisions to sort of get the crowd behaviour um, under control. And um, and uh, we, we, we were with Wayne Caddick and then we said, well, we've got to, We've got to put in a system to reduce everybody just taking in truckloads of alcohol and uh, you know just being um, <laughs> getting out of control. So we sat down together and uh, you know, worked out what would be a fair thing, do you think? And uh, we thought about you know the old army rule, you know, two two cans per person per day, and then we uh, expanded that a little bit. It was quite funny because uh, when we brought that in, I remember on the Jay Leno show, I come up on the Jay Leno show and he said, you know, what about these Aussies? How good are these guys? They've restricted their alcohol intake to two cartons per person per day. <laughs> it was pretty, uh, pretty crazy. But um, since then there's been you know, a lot of improvements and obviously – um, a lot of improvements in crowd behaviour. It's one of the safest sporting environments um, that you can attend now, so we don't have any social issues there at all. And, you know, it's uh, fantastic to see that. Yeah, the last part of that saying, though, is perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Supply Very lines great. being as they are. This is completely uh, diverting, but it probably actually uh, helped the economic benefit to Bathurst because people weren't trucking it in from home. They were having to replenish it every uh, couple of days. Yeah, exactly. I think, um, you know, times change. You've got to go with them. You can't be caught behind them. Um, social behaviour is important. Um, it was, uh, you know, had its moments there, but um, it's actually, you know, a, a great environment now for families. And it's really good to, you know, go up the top of the mountain and uh, when you're up the top of the mountain there watching Mop 10, you watch the cars, you know, come through and film me down into the cutting, et cetera. It's a, it's a special place to watch motorsport. It is indeed. And you have had two terms of acting or interim CEO and now mm -hmm. you're the permanent CEO. How different is the job how different is your mindset in the way you approach the job yeah it's 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 interesting because um you've just got an expanded you know vision of all aspects of the sport i, I suppose um you know when you when you're in you know a position so my position started out as uh, events i went to chief operating officer and so obviously you know at that level you're you know, you're in the exact level and you're operating with, you know, the chairman and the chief executive and the CFO and uh, and all your departments. So it sets you up for good stead for understanding the business um, in detail, um, what works, what doesn't, and uh, it gives you a good sense of judgment, I think, going forward. Um, and, you know, I'm really, in, I'm really enjoying the role. I'm confident in the role. And I think I've got a, a good good grasp of the fan base and the product, and uh, you know, with with entertain people, put on a good show at the end of the day. 
when you were interim CEO. I wonder if you had some constraints there and you were having to continue the course or take the course from uh, someone else where now it's your course, it's your vision that you're getting to implement. Yeah, true. Yeah, a bit of both. Um, yeah, when we, we, we did uh, <clears throat> in those interim roles, sometimes you've actually inherited, you know, uh, the, the budget and the, you know, somebody who's set the course. So you've got to work through that um, process. But I think uh, my position now is obviously I've got a new board. I've got a commission that includes every uh, team, every team owner's represented on it. Um, and uh, we've got a new, you know, a charter with our teams. So um, I think, you know, it's a, it's, there's a lot, lot of, you know, it's a new beginning, so to speak, and we're working on probably the biggest project that we've ever undertaken, which is Gen 3. So, you know, the way I look at this, this, this year for me is an interim year, um, coming out of COVID, um, getting the growth back into the sport, driving confidence and uh, you know, lifting our customer experiences um, to set us up you know, for, for the future. And that's, that's, that's my, my role at the moment. One of the things, uh, Shane, that you had to come to deal with is gone through and grown through your, your time in the sport, supercar sport that is, is the change from when Tony uh, and the board introduced uh, the Rex or as they were, it's no longer that situation where the team owners uh, no longer have the, the amount of uh, ownership on the series. It's the new game. So you've had to obviously deal in a different way. Has it been difficult making that transition? I, I, don't, I don't see it that way. I, I, I think uh, that I've been through a number of different business models uh, you know, from you know, the SEL team model um, to the Archer Capital team model to the current um, re- relationship with uh, you know with uh, race and the teams, all different. Um, I think the current model that we're operating under really um, is for the, the you know I'm looking at it at uh, it's like a big major music act, right? It's like the Rolling Stones. Um, the other Rolling Stones are the best band in the world. You've got to give them the best places to play and you've got to promote them and give them every opportunity for expansion and to, uh, at the end of the day, put on the best show for the fans. You know, so I think the teams are brilliant at what they do and the, the level of professionalism that we have in the sport um, you know, is, is unbelievable. In my view, it is the greatest touring car race in the touring car category of the world and I think our role is to support that, provide the best venues and the best show for the fans, you know, through attendance and other mediums, but broadcast, digital platforms, and uh, you know, we and we do you know, stick to our lane, so to speak, um, and uh, do what we both do best. I had conversations both Tail and Bend and Sandown with virtually all the team owners. Was the question of the free-to-air, you know, we don't have as many big day-to-day brands, um, so to speak, but we, we do have some of them there. And, that, you know, they all need that television exposure. 
Are you getting much call from the, those team owners to say we need to be back on more free-to-wear than just the, the six rounds we're on currently? Um, no, not to be honest. I, I think what you need is um, you, know, you need balance in everything that you have. You know, the, you know things change, um, platforms change, people's habits, cons- consumer habits change. You need to adapt to them. You know, you need, you know, it's great to be, we've got a great free-to-air partner with Seven. We've got a great, you know, uh, partner with Fox. Um, but we've also got other good partnerships with our with our media outlets and, and strengthening our own product, our own digital product and, you know, how you communicate fans on a, with a, on a daily basis. So I think you need a mix of all the above. When you see the sports landscape and the media interaction. NFL now has a a one game that's only available on a streaming platform. Uh, Gillam McLaughlin and the AFL have gone over there and spoken to all those major players. And you obviously have to, you know, keep moving forward and keep looking at these trends, but have that, that huge ace in the company's sleeve, which is Supercars Media. Yeah, I mean, um, the one thing that we do that, you know, a lot of people probably don't realise is, you know, Supercars Media, you know, we do all our own TV production and it's one of the best um, motorsport production companies in in the globe, you know, recognised by, you know, many categories on how how good our our TV production is. Um, I think, uh, yeah, that's... That's a very solid, um, you know, platform for us and that enables us to produce a quality broadcast that, you know, then, then you know, can position, be positioned in free-to-air and with Fox and, and obviously, you know, on, on, on digital platforms. So, yeah, I think we're in good stead there. Um, and, uh, you know, like every company, you watch the trends, but, you know, we're very happy with our, our mix at the moment for dinosaurs like myself and tony we probably don't appreciate the amount of off-week content that you are actually pushing out through supercars media and through that tiktok and and all those other platforms which are at a very different demographic to tony and myself and to be honest probably yourself well i think i'm a little bit younger than you guys but um I can see that it's not. I couldn't imagine Tony on TikTok myself, but anyway, um, <laughs> just joking. No, I mean all the, all these things, all these platforms are emerging. They're strong. You you have to you have to be in operating in those in those spaces. And the way people consume now, younger audiences, people time poor, um, and if you if you're not doing that then that would be neglectful. And it's it sort of swinging around from that mantra when you first joined the company that if it's not live, it it didn't happen, to now, yeah. if you don't have a five-minute version of it that night, you might as well uh, almost have to give up the game. Yeah, a lot of a lot has changed, right? Um, that's, that's for certain. But I think uh, if you've got the product... You've got the show, and then you've got the mediums to be able to distribute it. Then you're in pretty good shape. 
Shane, um, you talked before about one of the biggest projects, the biggest, uh, uh, not obstacles, but obviously opportunity with Gen 3. Can you give us any idea as to how much money has been invested by supercars to develop this new category? Oh, a significant amount of money, Tony. Um, it's, it's an incredible project. It's a world-class platform. Um, the cars are beautifully engineered. We've got the you know, some of the best engineering um, brains in motorsport working on them. Um, and uh, it's coming together very well. Um, you know, like any any project nowadays, there's always time constraints and supply chains and all those sorts of things that everybody works through. But, um, you know, on the, I think what we uh, are to, will provide the public uh, next year is some beautiful racing cars that will race very hard, um, look good, sound right, and the racing quality will be strong. Um, and at the end of the day, the competition is at an extremely high level, as you know, with um, the intensity of our, our teams. And you apply that into a racing category and uh, you've got something pretty special. One of the things that made our category so strong for, say, that period from 02 to sort of uh, 12 or 15 was the internationalism of the, the uh, category. You know, that time when we were having uh, everybody at, at the Gold Coast had to have a, uh, an overseas driver. And then, you know, so much of the year we were preparing for Bathurst and there'd be those overseas drivers. We don't have it anymore because of testing restrictions and things like that. Do you see a time when we could get back to being a bit more international, if not going overseas to uh, the Chinas and Abu Dhabis and places like that, but to at least getting international drivers to come and race? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, it's very hard. To get, things get harder. I mean, uh, to, to for internationals. Um, I mean, you look at the number of races that Formula One do nowadays uh, uh, compared to what they were doing then. You look at the lengths of seasons for various championships and the intensity of those championships, um, then it's not easy just to cross-pollinate drivers across them. And, you know, all leading drivers need to come, you know, uh, in and they need to have some time in the car, uh, et cetera. And those things are, are, you know, just by nature of, you know, those all championships um, being at that level are harder to facilitate. It's harder to, for, for people to get time away and, and do other things. But um, oh yeah, I remember that when we, uh, the international drivers at the Gold Coast, it was fantastic. Uh, it was, um, I, I really enjoyed that. And uh, we've had some amazing international drivers come and drive our cars. I would, I would like to, you know, to get to the stage where we do um, you know, a select number of international events. Um, and that's something that we would be investigating. Super 2, there's obviously a change next year when we go to the Gen 3 car, and those current cars now then become available in the uh, Super 2 program. Do you think that there's enough sort of emphasis being paid to, you know, get that category, to get the young drivers coming through as the development category? I, th- I think... Um there's not enough recognition of um, Super 3, Super 2, to be honest. 
I think if you look at every, basically, you know, um, every, every main gay driver now has pretty much come through Super, you know, super 3, Super 2. Um, you need to do your time in Super 2. The level, uh, the intensity of competition, um, you know, the style of car, and um, you need to pay your penance in that. It's, it's, it's very important for the championship that we breed not only good young drivers, but we breed you know, good uh, engineers and, and uh, crew, staff, and, and potential new, new team owners. So, you know, it's, it's, it's enormously important, and the young, good young drivers that have come through that, that have done very, very well in the main game, yeah, I mean, look at look at guys like Scotty McLaughlin. You know, <laughs> um, as an example, there's there's just there's so many of our our drivers that have all come through Super Two, and it's a cutting edge in there. And there's not a lot of other categories that develop that skill base and that level intensity of competition that sets you up to drive in our current championship and. You know, it's a step, right? You you need to be you're in the you know, in the, the level of competition in the main game is extreme, and for any young car you know, driver to enter that competition, they need to be ready for it. And that's what Super Two does. It develops those skills to that level to get them in the confidence that they can run with the main game. Traditionally, at Sandown, we've uh, seen the calendar released each year. Obviously, it's not a five hundred. It's not uh, you know a few weeks before Bathurst, but when do you think we'll be seeing the 2023 calendar? Yeah, I mean, yes, we used to launch the calendar. You're, you're correct. Traditionally, at the Sandown event, as a precursor to Bathurst. You know, we've that's uh, that got a lot more difficult and a lot more challenging in the last uh, two to three years with uh, COVID, etc. Because you you, know, you you just didn't know what you were dealing with, and um, it was very difficult. So we got later and later, and understanding that. Even those calendars have to be adjusted on the fly. I think we're now into a you know a much higher level of confidence. I think uh, you know we 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 you know we would like to you know launch the calendar you know lead, on the lead into Bathurst as we traditionally have done in the past, and that would be our aim uh, to achieve that. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Shane. It's uh, been wonderful to chat to you and to look forward to that news. Um, and I'm sure that uh, myself and many tens of thousands of people will look forward to an Adelaide 500. That must be the real you know, piece of cream on top of the cherry this week or the other way around um, for, for you this year. Oh, absolutely. To uh, be back at Adelaide is something very, very special. You know, it's one of the world's greatest motorsport festivals and uh, to be back there in the streets of Adelaide um, this year it will will be sensational I think actually that used to be their tagline didn't it it? sensational Adelaide Um, so I think uh, everybody's looking forward to it everybody's really pumped Um, and it's going to be a great way to finish the championship we just can't wait to get there Shane thank you so much Shane Howard CEO of Supercars uh, thank you for joining us. Enjoy your time in New Zealand at Pukekohe and saying farewell to the old girl. We look forward to catching up with you at Bathurst and all the very best to it all. Pleasure, Tony. Nice to talk to you.
Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.